0: There was a small village in Russia There was a priest in the Orthodox Church there who was trying to make a difference So what he did is he put together this memorization plan And he began to have the kids memorize verses And for every verse they memorized, they'd get a piece of candy Which was a big deal back then Not a lot of food going around, let alone the sweets So he was passing out these candies There was this one little kid Somewhat rotund little kid who loved to have candy. This kid became an unbelievable memorizer. This kid memorized every single moment. And what he'd do is when he got the candy, he'd put it in his pocket. He may or may not stay for church and he'd blast out of there and get out to that field and get out by himself and he'd rip open the candy and eat it all by himself and then go home. He actually became such a good memorizer. That the priest began to challenge him to memorize more He got to a point where he memorized all four of the Gospels together could quote them through The priest ended up challenging him to come to Sunday school giving him extra rewards for that He's got the four Gospels memorized Who is this child? Nikita Khrushchev Communist czar Who declared there is no God How in the world Could that happen? You know our actions, which is what we talked about last week, right? A consistent heart. Our actions are essential. But in the midst of actions, if all it is is action, and it's not starting with a heart that's on fire for him, it's it's false. It's fake. It's actually artificial. And an artificial action just begets artificial fruit. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things where you look at it and it looks good on the outside, but the reality is it's one of those Perfect little plastic pears sitting on your dining room table that you'd never want to eat, right? That's what's going on. The question that we're going to be looking at today is how can we go after a faith based action? How can we go after faith in our lives making an impact? Maybe another way to say it is what difference does faith even make? How does that make it real? That's what we're going to be looking at in Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. So turn with me there, Galatians 3, 1 through 14, and the ushers are coming forward. Uh, They've got Bibles in their hands, so if you'd like a Bible, just raise your hand and we'll get one to you, okay? Just raise your hand and we'll get one to you. Galatians 3, 1 through 14. We're going to do something a little bit different here today. Normally, we would just start at the first verse and go right through. In this case, what Paul does is the first section, he's delivering this big, here's the big deal, And then in the next two sections, he's sort of proving it and backing it up. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with those two sections that come after. We're going to make sure we understand the proof text, and then we're going to go back to the big idea, okay? So starting in verse 7, which is really our first point here. By hearing with faith, I become a child of promise. I become a child of promise. The big theological term here, adoption. I become a child of promise. Adoption. Let's just walk through these verses here in verse 7 Paul says know then That it is those of faith who are the sons of abraham It is those of faith who are the sons of abraham Who is it? those of faith those of the believing faith are the sons of abraham now We read this and we're like, okay. Yeah, fine. We move on But let me tell you something for the jew reading this They just went, whoa, what did you just say? The sons of Abraham are the ones who come through the bloodline of Abraham. That's the sons of, no, the sons of Abraham are those of the faith. Whoa, let me get my arms around that for a minute. Somehow you're related to Abraham just because of faith? How does that work? Glad you asked. So he says in verse 8, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham So we have this foreseeing and this preaching beforehand that's going on What did God foresee that he was going to work with the Gentiles through faith That by faith There could be transition and life and hope family He said, I want to be clear. The faith and promise that I'm offering you, Abraham, that's the faith that's going to be offered in the future to all people. This faith of you working with me, that's just the starting point of where we're headed. Sons of Abraham, you and me. That word son, it literally means basically grown-up one, grown-up child who's able to claim your inheritance Not little child, but grown-up one who can claim your inheritance. You are of an adult age child under the Almighty, the son of Abraham. Basically, the word here is adopted. You get adopted into the Abraham family. You know, I wrote down a few things that come with adoption. You get a new name. You get a new legal standing. Justified. By Jesus shed blood you get a new family brothers and sisters the ones to your left and to your right right here in this body as well as many others you get new life new 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 that's what comes with adoption new life new family new name hope we had the chance to be adopted as a son of Abraham As a child of the Almighty, as a child of his promise. He says here that he knew ahead of time that this gospel would be preached to Abraham. And he said, in you shall all the nations be blessed. In you shall all the nations be blessed. When that was stated in Genesis, I can tell you this. Abraham went, really? How? How is this going to be? How are they going to be blessed through me? Maybe Maybe there will be so many of us And we're going to be ruling the world That just by being near us You're blessed Maybe that's how it'll work Maybe Maybe God will allow us to reign in such a way And rule in such a way As all my descendants That we're in charge of the universe And so we can bring blessing to others Maybe that's how it'll be Maybe it'll be I have no idea how it'll be. Somehow they're all going to be blessed through me and through my descendants. Well, the answer was probably one he didn't expect. That we would all be blessed by sharing in that faith that Abraham had. It says right after it, verse nine. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. You see, he was thinking bloodline descendant. He was thinking, you need to be in my family. Really in my family. My child, my grandchild, my great-grandchild. But what's really being said is, you need to have the faith like I have the faith. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. We have a chance to believe God and have faith in him and trust in him. Adoption. It's a life-changing moment. You know, we have a family in this church, uh, Ross and Aaron Wuthrich. This last year, Ross is an elder in our church, and uh, he was a board-serving elder up until about two weeks ago. He's taken a moment off to just do some study uh, in the biblical counseling area. But they adopted a child this last summer from Ethiopia. And in the midst of this adoption, I asked Ross, just give me a few statements of what Jonas was like before and what Jonas is like now. So here's a few thoughts before He had at least five known things going wrong sicknesses and diseases going on in his stomach in his intestines with his skin different things happening that were Basically due to not being cared for. Well, he had extreme malnourishment rarely got fed well Starving or on the border of starving he had a receding hairline. It was due to the malnutrition He had this picture that he had taken of Jonas. And he said, You could just see this blank stare of confusion and fear of this little child that had no clue what was going on in the midst of the adoption. <coughs> I said, Describe him now. He said, You know, two weeks ago I asked him, Hey, Jonas, what do you think? How are things? And they were talking through stuff. And Jonas said, You know what? I'm not afraid anymore, Dad. I'm not afraid anymore He spent six or seven months learning a language he had never known Seeing a bunch of people who looked quite different than him Learning to play in a family of four other kids So now there's five kids And now he's able to see that he's got a new name He's got a new family He's got new life He's got health He's got change in a huge way You and me, we have a chance to be adopted into the family of the Almighty. Yeah, we're coming in sick. We got a list of diseases and things that have happened to us through our sin. Yeah, there's a ton of fears that we're dealing with and things we don't understand and we're confused and dazed. But let me tell you, he's welcoming us in with open arms and he's scooping us up and he's putting us on his lap and he's just helping us see life through his eyes. Life with the almighty you and me to be adopted as a child of promise Through faith That's what faith does for us. It allows you and me that privilege question Have you taken that step and trusted in jesus christ as your personal savior? Have you said lord, please? I want to become a child of you I want to be a child of the almighty I simply want to be adopted into your family. Please forgive me through what you've done on the cross with your shed blood, Jesus. That moment, it's not the magic words, don't get me wrong, but that moment where you actually say, I'm giving you my heart. I'm following after you. It's a chance to become a child of the Almighty. Have you done that? If you haven't, today's the day. Right here, right now. Just walk through exactly what I just said quietly to yourself maybe maybe you've already done that and you're saying yeah I I believe that but are you living it I mean are you really living it are you recognizing that you are a child of the almighty of the universe and you're living that or are you just living the same old fears and the same old sicknesses and you're not letting it wash over you this truth of being adopted into the life and the family and the hope of our God. Faith, it's what's initiating for us adoption, life with Him. May we grab that first and foremost. It's the first step, being adopted in through new life with Him. Second, by hearing with faith, I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the Holy Spirit The big theological word here indwelling The Holy Spirit actually comes in and takes up residence with us and lives within us within you Indwelling This is a big deal. We really have to get this straight. Okay? Let's just start in verse 10 It says for all who rely on works of the law Are under a curse. Oh great. That sounds wonderful Right? If you try to live by the works of the law, you're under a curse. What in the world are we talking about? He says right after it, for it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. You have a choice. If you say, I'm going to follow the law, then there's one way to know Jesus Christ through following the law. Absolute perfection. From where you start, you never, 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 ever, 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 Make a mistake. So Paul quickly summarizes that as, yeah, that would be cursed. It ain't happening. Okay? That's the reality. If you try to stand under the law, know this, you must stand perfectly. And it's not really possible. So you're standing in a cursed position. He says, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book and do them. Verse 11 though. Now it is evident That no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. Not the righteous shall live by a lot of really good works. The righteous shall live by faith. That's your choice and mine. We can either choose to try to live under our own works, and there's a word for that. Yeah, cursed. It's not happening. Or we can choose to live as the righteous would live according to Scripture. This is actually quoted from Habakkuk 2.4. It says, just know this, the righteous live by faith, not by works. The righteous live by faith. It's executing what you believe in your heart and living a relationship with him. The righteousness that comes to us is not based on our own execution in perfection, but rather forgiveness of the Almighty and him calling us to get to know him. Like we never could have before. The righteous live by faith. He says, Can you tell my voice is really wild? This is it's bizarre. I hope I make it through the eleven o'clock. All right. Verse twelve But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. The law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. In other words, you're not executing faith if you're trying to live by the law. You're executing works. You're executing execution. That's what you're doing. You're just trying to be and do all on your own. You're trying to live it the best you can. But the problem is, that's not good enough. So he says, the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Here we go, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Christ, God Almighty, becoming man, living a perfect life, completely fulfilling the law in every measure, and Him being hung on a cross, cursed for you and for me, so that our curse of having to live under the law is removed. Now we live by faith. That's the joy and the privilege. Of a savior who redeems Purchases Buys us And what was the price? His life His shed blood That's what his price was He redeemed us From the curse of the law Verse 14 So that in Christ Jesus The blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles And now we begin to hear a little bit of the explanation The blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles So that we might receive the promised spirit Through faith The blessing of Abraham is coming to the Gentiles through faith in Jesus Christ and his shed blood. We have a chance to become a son of Abraham, the adoption that we just talked about. We have a chance to share in life with him. We have a chance to embrace him. We have a chance to actually have the curse removed and we live full eternal life with him. But more than that, we have a chance, as he says at the end here, To receive the promised spirit through faith The promised spirit Joel chapter 2, I think it's verse 28 Joel 2, 28, yeah Joel 2, 28 says That the Holy Spirit will be poured out Upon the people At some point in the future Joel doesn't know what he's talking about He, He knows somehow the Holy Spirit's coming And he's going to be poured out He doesn't know where, he doesn't know when He doesn't know how But it's going to happen So he pens it down the prophetic promise of the Holy Spirit being poured out. And Paul's saying, you get to experience that. The promised Holy Spirit in your life as a guarantee and a seal. Ephesians 1:13. The Holy Spirit guaranteeing you eternal life. You can have God Almighty at work in your life. Moving and shaping and changing you can have the Holy Spirit empowering and making a difference. You can have God Almighty saying, what are we doing today? Where are we going today? What does life in the family look like today? Or we can try to live it all alone. You know, last year we went to South Carolina <clears throat> to go to the beaches and uh, we didn't, we weren't watching for the tide things to know when tides were coming in. And so the first day we got there and we saw these awesome waves and you know, the tide shifts by time each day And so the next day we get out there about the same time and the tide was lame Like there was no waves. There was just these little things But we waited long enough and finally we got some two-footers and like we were trying to do some body surfing on that And if you remember that's when I ripped my face open in the sand and yeah, that was on a two-footer Okay, that's how lame I was. All right so these little waves and we're having a blast dinging around those two footer waves That's a lot like you and me live in life trying to muscle change in our own life These little tiny two and four foot waves of effort And we go in and we try to make a little bit of impact in our life As we see an area of sin or something we shouldn't be doing or a way we shouldn't be thinking And we go after trying to change it ourselves That's like a little two or four foot wave in your life. Okay The holy spirit in your life What could that be like? This is a guy who, for whatever reason, decided, hey, wouldn't it be cool to surf in a tsunami? (laughs) Okay. Found it on YouTube looking at this thing uh, yesterday or the day before. Let me tell you, that's life in the Holy Spirit. You can catch your little two-foot wave, you, you and your effort trying to do stuff in your own effort in your own time with your own little managed self-control and you can actually make a little bit of progress i mean you can get a little bit of forward momentum you can get a little bit of change or you can let the holy spirit god almighty the one who spoke this universe into existence and the holy spirit in your life bringing that kind of power and authority and you can be experiencing this kind of wave of movement in your life my question is are you experiencing the two-footers Or the 50 and 100 footers My question is Are you experiencing Yeah I'm giving it my own shot Or are you experiencing God unleashed in your life Are you experiencing A faith based relationship With the almighty Who's leading you And guiding you And showing you Who has indwelt you And says I call you My home My temple My place of abode Where you and I Are going to work together For all eternity To God be the glory Are you ready to be blown away by God? Are you ready? I need to hear it verbally. Are you ready? It's time. It's time to experience the 50 and 100 footers in your life. Forget these two footers. All right. We walk around all upset about Christianity and it's because we're going out and it's not high tide. It's time to catch the Holy Spirit at work. It's time to catch the wave of God moving in your life, of shaping and changing and directing the indwelt Holy Spirit saying, let's get to work. Now that's going to bring some change. Amen. We are adopted and we are here to experience new life, new hope and new change. It's time. It's time to experience it. Let me ask you this before we move to the third point. What's the one thing? Don't say it out loud. Okay. What's the one thing you really want worked on in your life? The one thing you feel has got a grip on you and you want it done. Think about it. Got it? The one thing. Get ready. Because God can unleash in your life in a way like you've never experienced before. And that can be changed in a moment. That can be changed by the indwelt Holy Spirit through faith, through faith, through faith. Hang on to that. We're going to talk about that in the third point. Okay? So first, by faith, we are adopted. Second, by faith, we are indwelt. And third, we're now going back to the beginning, to verse 1. And we're going to see here that by hearing with faith, I become a child of... I'm sorry, reading the wrong one. By hearing with faith, I become more like Christ, sanctified, this theological term sanctification by hearing with faith, I become more like Christ sanctification What does that word mean? Well, it means Change to be more like him. It means purified and set apart It means called to a higher level of living and it doesn't mean you muscling it It means God at work in your life purifying Let's just start here in verse 1 Paul's now dovetailing from chapter 2 here If you remember last week, we were talking a little bit about this misunderstanding of being justified And they were adding to some stuff that jesus was doing. So paul starts here. Oh foolish galatians Who has bewitched you? That's always a nice way to be receiving a letter, huh? Somebody's calling you fool Wondering if somehow somebody's bewitched you or something for crying out loud. What are you thinking about right? Right? That's what's going on. They're being challenged. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Come on, guys. You saw Jesus. You met him. You saw him do the works. You saw him do the miracles. You saw him change lives and hearts. You saw him shaping people. You saw him crucified on the cross. You heard of him risen again. Come on. That Jesus The one who did that work for you. That's what we're talking about. Re-engage here, boys. Get your brain in gear. Don't be a fool. That's where he's going. Remember what Jesus Christ has done. He said, let me ask you only this. And then he'll ask him several questions. But let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? What's the answer? Hearing with faith. That's how he received. By hearing with faith. So they answer, mm, by hearing with faith. He goes, good. All right. Let's keep reading in the letter then. Are you so foolish? Oh, great. Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? I got to tell you, when I read this this week, and when I was reading this ahead of time, just poring over Galatians, This one sentence ripped me to the core This gutted me Because let me tell you Most of us are trying to perfect by the flesh And that includes me Each and every day we wake up And we try to decide what it is We are going to change What I am going to go after How I I'm going to strangle out this sin and try to bring in this sanctified holiness. And that's a bad plan. That's what Paul's saying. Hey, you started with the Holy Spirit and you started with faith. Why now are you picking it up like it's all yours to deal with? Don't miss the boat. The sanctification is by faith. He says, Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? What an awesome challenge. You began with faith in the Spirit. Where are you going now? Why is it your work? Did you suffer so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain? He's basically saying, what good is this Jesus thing and this believing in Jesus and this being punished by a corporate society for going towards Jesus if it isn't about Jesus in the end? If it's I'm going to lean on Jesus and trust in Jesus and I get this eternal life thing... And then the rest of the time, it's all up to me to do my own work and try to really better myself Well, that was all in vain then what is this jesus stuff about? What good is it unless it's lifelong? beginning a process and following it through he says Verse 5 does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law? or by hearing with faith Answer, which is it? Hearing with faith, right? It says, does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or hearing with faith? Come on, guys. You saw God work. What was it through? Faith. Say the word with me. What was it through? Faith. Faith. What was it through? Faith. Faith. One more time. What was it through? Not works. No. No. Okay, so it's through faith. So now what? He says, verse 6, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. He's saying, do you understand? Abraham was always called to faith. And that's where we got back to verse 7, where it says, You can be a son of Abraham through faith. You need to have faith in the midst of your challenge of change. You need to have belief in him You need to walk with him. I'm just gonna tell you right now. Wow. What a bunch of christianese Okay, how do you do that? So i'm spending all week this week going Is that where we're gonna end it? We're just gonna tell people hey, do me a favor. Just try to Be sanctified by faith, you know, maybe we'll do that that phrase that you probably saw at a bunch of camps Let go let god Have you ever seen that phrase? Just me have you ever seen that? Okay, some of you are shaking your head. No good for you. Glad you didn't see it Don't listen to it. Okay, let go. like god it's junk. Okay, there's pieces missing to that We have work to do but then on the other side of it, uh, just muscle it It's all up to you like that's missing it So so what does it look like to actually have a faith-based transformation? Remember when we said in verse in point two come up with something that needs to change in your life Okay, now get that back in your mind So you got in your mind what you want to be going after? Okay, here we go. We're going to unleash five steps in order to make a faith-based change in our life. Five requirements for transforming by faith, all right? Number one, the presence of God. The presence of God. Just like that giant wave, the 50 to 100 foot tsunami. If God is not at work in your life, forget about it. It's the two and four footers going on, okay? And there's some level of cleanup we can do in our own home, in our own house, in our own life. There's some level of perfecting, I guess you could argue it, of changing that we can do, but it's two and four foot waves. It's not the 50 and 100 footers. It's not the death grip that's going to be broken. It's just the littler stuff, okay? We need the presence of the Almighty at work in our lives. We need to know that we have the indwelt Holy Spirit with us. We must trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. You want faith-based transformation? It starts with, I'm trusting you, Jesus. I'm giving you all I got. I'm leaning on you. Please forgive me with your shed blood. I want to be your son, your child. I want to follow after you, God Almighty. Change me from the inside out. And he guarantees us that he is with us. You look at Psalm 139. Everywhere we're going, he's, he's there. The all-present God is right with you. Engage in a relationship with him. The presence of the Almighty. That's number one. Number two, the passion of God. The passion of God. You know, Thursday night we had about a 100 men get together and Jeff Tribe was talking and the phrase he used was, you must hate what God hates and you must love what God loves. That's where change is going to come from. Hate what God hates and love what God loves get his passion Get fired up about what he's fired up about get ticked off about what he's ticked off about It's let's get fired up with him Not let's get fired up on our own. Maybe God will come along for the ride with me It's God. What are you fired up about? And how can I run hard after you and your passions and your desires? I want to meet you Because you are present with me and as I meet you may I get to know you and share your passions May I be fired up about what you're fired up about may I hate what you hate and love what you love If we don't start there, we're not going to be going after it the right way Presence and passion number three the purpose of God Note this It's about his glory It's all about God's glory It isn't about Our ease and comfort James McDonald's quote We do not serve a pampering God We serve a perfecting God We don't serve a pampering God We serve a perfecting God His goal is to change you and me To look more like him That the DNA of the Almighty Begins to course through our very hearts and souls That we just naturally think the way he thinks And respond the way he responds May we gain that purpose That it's all about his glory. To God be the glory. Amen? His purpose. It's his presence. It's his passion. It's his purpose. Then it's his power. We're told in Ephesians 3, he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Okay, do me a favor. Remember that thing we were thinking about? That one thing you've got in your mind that you need to be working on? Now imagine it changing. What does it look like? To be gone, broken, or other. Envision it. What's that look like in your life? Okay, you got it? Just so you know, God's plan is exceeding abundantly beyond that. I'm not sure what you just chose, but I'll tell you this God's ready to rock your world. He is ready to do things in your life that you could never have imagined or hoped for He is doing things in your life that when you picture what it looks like he goes Yeah, that's a good start, but that ain't nothing. You got to see where we're headed Watch this And the 50 to 100 foot tsunami starts working and moving in our lives the holy spirit moving through us alive and rich and deep and personal and knowing us you know, Larry and I were talking about analogies this week, and I decided to use it anyway, Larry. It's a gross one, but we're going to use it. So, have you ever been, remember, some of you have had this, some of you may not have, but you remember those jellos you had in, like, junior high or high school at the schools where by the end of the week they somehow had, like, vegetables in them and stuff because they were just making jello out of anything that was left? Do you know what I'm talking about? So like you're cutting into it and all of a sudden you're like what kind of fruit is that and it's like a cauliflower or something Do you know what i'm talking about? Okay, a lot of times we think of our lives like that Like our life is the jello and the sin stuff is that nasty stuff that's in there that needs to come out And so we're trying to do this kind of little surgical thing where we're cutting in and we're going to pull that Nasty cauliflower or whatever it is out and throw it away and then we've got nice clean jello, right? Bummer for us. That's not what it's like It's a lot more like this when they were going to make the jello and they went to pour in some of those big chunks That were really obvious things that needed to come out They also were pouring in some nasty sludge type stuff that was interacting with all of the gelatin And as that jello was solidifying the sin and the muck is all through all of it And it's not just a surgical removal of a piece of cauliflower. It's the entirety needs to be transformed That's where we really are When it comes to sin And as we sit down before the almighty the joke of it all is we're in there trying to cut out and throw away some chunks And he's going we're talking about a complete transformation of the very core of the whole of it We are talking about a mind-blowing life-changing mind Revealing God at work in our lives You're talking about you being able to experience A complete transformation of the content of who you are. Because God pours through you. His power at work in you. You know, as we start to do these pieces, those are four things that allow God to work. His presence, His passion, His purpose, His power. Now it's our turn. Step five. Put off and put on. This comes out of Ephesians chapter 4 Put off the stuff that shouldn't be there and put on the things that should be there It's about this going after holiness. Here's the problem. Most of us we skip first four steps and we just put off and put on Most of us just start going after this. You know what? Here's what i'm gonna do I'm gonna try to be different. I'm gonna put this off and i'm gonna put this on and it's not unbiblical It's unprepared Do you hear the difference? It's not that it's wrong to be going after that But you're going after it without God in your life without his views and his passions without his purpose and his power and all of a sudden It's all about you doing something in your own life And that isn't going to get the job done And what we end up with is a very frustrating walk of faith Where we keep trying to change things, but they don't change Do you have things in your life that you've been going after and trying to change and they're not changing? I can guarantee you that it's because the presence and the passion and the purpose and the power were not first sought after and you've been trying to muscle it yourself. It's time to forget about the two and four foot waves. It's time to go after those 50 and 100 footers. It's time to have God blowing you away with faith-based transformation. It's time to lean on him, look to him, and find him ever fulfilling. And as you do it, I'm telling you the stuff of this world the junk in your life. It just begins to erode away Because the almighty is at work Because the almighty is at work It's not because you found it and rooted it out. It's because he found it and is rooting it out God at work in your life God at work in my life That's what it's about As we look at this verse it says are you being perfected by the flesh? We need to say, may it not be so. Are you being perfected by the flesh? No, we will not do that. It's time to be perfected by the faith. Do we want to be perfected by the flesh? Answer, no. do we want to be perfected by the flesh? Answer, no. absolutely no, no. It's a waste of our time and it does not work. And it leaves us in one spot, wanting, needing, needing. And frustrated It is time to unleash the almighty When we look at faith May we not say Yeah the whole thing begins with faith But after that it's all up to me Boy what a pathetic message The whole thing begins with faith The whole thing continues with faith And the whole thing ends with faith It is faith in our almighty God And him changing us Amen That's what it's all about May we go after him May we experience him May he change us from the inside out. May we simply say, Lord, I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my life. Everlasting. Your light will shine. Everlasting. I want to be changed to look more like you.